welcome to Josie's Bar. We are the home of reading every issue of Daredevil in at least 12 and a half years. Isn't that right, Vicky? Yeah, 2032. 2032. Here we we'll, come. We'll be caught up. Woohoo! <laughs> well, steady wins the race. We'll be we'll be caught, but then we'll have another 12 and a half. Uh, 12 and a half years of, of, of issues to read. Of issues yeah. to read, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, you, you know, we'll be doing this, you know, we'll be in our, our beds next to each other when we're, we're dying. We'll be like, I thought this issue was great. Thumbs up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we are discussing issue seven this week. Um, and we have a very, very special guest with us. Um, from the future. From the future. Yeah, the future of Australia. <laughs> I don't know how, I hope yeah. things are, are doing better in the future. Uh, it's Connor. Welcome. Hello. Hey. hey thanks very much for having me. No, thank you for coming on. I was really excited that you were coming on. Um, obviously, uh, we, um, I mean, we can pimp out your podcast now. You can tell us a bit about yourself. Um, but I know you are a big Daredevil fan, so I definitely wanted to have you on the, uh, the show. Yeah. Um, but yeah, tell us... Uh, uh, tell us a little bit about your podcast, and then also you wanted to tell us your thoughts on issue one because you are currently mm. sort of listening to our previous uh, six episodes. Yes, yeah, yeah. So I've only managed to listen to episode one so far because mm-hmm. I've been moving in a rush, um, but I did read all the issues. But yeah, I do. I do two podcasts. Uh, my first one is an Iron Fist podcast. Hooray. Which is about Iron Fist, um, Sons of the Dragon, the Immortal Iron Fist podcast. Uh, it's good. It's a jungle. We're all savage <laughs> to each other. Um, you know, so we're basically just covering Iron Fist chronologically, which was a mistake, and we're not going to be doing that anymore <laughs> because that that Power Man and Iron Fist run is really long, and it's like the weakest run of the character yeah. in my opinion. So. Um, and my other podcast is called Last Sons of Krypton, a Superman podcast. Yeah, that's like, I do that with a guy called Ray who runs a Moon Knight podcast. And the whole idea is a veteran Superman fan, me, and a newbie Superman guy who's Ray. And we get together, we talk about Superman, we're both Australian too, you know, because Superman's sort of uh, considered like, well, he's not considered, but, you know, he it, he's an American Hero, mm-hmm. um, it, but he's not like I don't know. It's weird. We talk about it in the show anyway, so you know that that's the whole gimmick with that, and uh, that's been a lot of fun because it's yeah. easier to record because we're both in the same time zone. Yeah, and, absolutely. <laughs> you yeah. know, we can just pick whatever we feel like because Superman's been around for eighty years, different genres, mediums, and it's chilled out. So yeah, those those are my podcasts. That's my plugging. Um, and your, you your co-host for, um, for Iron Fist, Rebecca, is going to be on yes. um, this show next week. The Rebecca. Oh, excellent. The, Re- the Rebecca. <laughs> the Rebecca. Well. Oh, Rebecca. <laughs> yes, yes. Vicky, Vicky, I and Rebecca talk a lot via Facebook Messenger all the time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah we do. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And then you, um, you had some particular thoughts on issue one and also on uh, a certain villain that uh, appeared... <laughs> Uh, known as the Matador, that you wanted to share. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, I guess, like, you guys covered a lot of it in uh, episode one. I just wanted to say, I, like, because the whole Matt being, like, an adult when Jack was murdered mm-hmm. versus being a kid, I prefer when he was an adult. Because okay. to me, it, I don't know, it just it makes it a bit more tragic and a bit less cliché. To me, because, you know, kids having their parents being killed in comics is, like, a huge thing. But if he's an adult and he's about to get his degree and stuff, and, I don't know, it's just, it's more interesting for me. Um, and, you know, his choice to avenge his father's death is, you know, a decision he's made as an adult, not just yeah. a kid. So it's not, like, such a knee-jerk reaction. And, I don't know, I just think there's a lot of depth to be explored there. Um, it definitely puts a different spin on the character. Yeah, um, but that being said, as I said on Facebook, Man Without Fear is still very good, though. And I yeah. think... Um, Man Without Fear is kind of the, the what most people think. It's sort of, they adapted that version for yeah. the show and for the film of Matt being younger. And even though they didn't mention Stick in the Daredevil film, they kind of had him training 
as a, a a young boy instead. So obviously, it, um, to have him do all that training um, and to get this replacement father figure, I guess they have to kill Jack off when Matt's a little bit younger to have Stick yeah. kind of fulfil that father figure role. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, well, I've, I've blocked the film out. <laughs> so yeah. Actually, ironically, um, the film. Well, I saw the film when I was younger, and that's actually what got me into Daredevil. Nice. Um, so th- thanks to that film, Daredevil was like, you know, my third favorite <laughs> yeah, <Vicky>. superhero. <laughs> so I, I just got a the director's cut's the only one that's watchable. But oh, yeah. Um, yeah, that's yeah. the one that Claire made me watch, and yeah. uh, like it's it's like five years later, and I still haven't forgiven. I that. think look, I think you just got to ignore Coolio, the soundtrack. <laughs> And yeah. Jennifer Garner, and you yeah. have a good movie. Yeah. If you ignore those three things. Every uh, the three other main characters are all in very different movies, but you know I can get enjoyment out of each of those three movies. Like Colin Farrell is not in the same movie that Ben Affleck is in. Definitely not. Oh yeah, Colin um, Farrell's not good either. Yeah. <laughs> but I like bit, Colin Farrell, but a bit like Judy Dench in Cats. Judy yeah, Dench absolutely. And Ian McKellen were in a different movie. They're doing their own thing. Yeah. <laughs> So what oh, are your you thoughts on the uh, the Matador? <laughs> oh, we saw Cats on Christmas Day. It was a delight. Yeah. <laughs> oh, right. It was, um, I was on Christmas Day. Yeah. So the Matador. Um, oh, he's <laughs> awful. Like, he's... Because, you know, the Daredevil, um, before Bullseye comes in, which is, I think, like 130 issues in, he doesn't really have any of his own villains that are that good. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, like, the Gladiator becomes a good villain. Mm-hmm. After, um, I can't remember if it was Frank Miller or the guy before him, you know, uh, did a lot with Gladiator's character. But, yeah. like, you know, his his best villain is... Oh, actually, Purple Man. I will say Purple Man's good from the start, I think. Yeah, he... he I, I, didn't, I haven't listened to your episode on him, but... We, we really liked him. We we basically said that we think the issue is doesn't show off the, uh, him to the uh, in the best way, as in it's not the strongest Purple Man story, but yeah. because both um, Vicky and I know the character, or look, Vicky knows him more from, like, you know, the Jess- Jessica Jones alias yeah, yeah. and obviously the show, and, he, his, and he's one of my favourite villains... Um, mm. You you know the the potential that's there of what he's going to become, um, which I think oh, uh, makes us have a lot more affection for him than if I think Vicky you said if you just picked up that one issue yeah. and read it yeah. you might not be that impressed with him. I'd be like I think well, yeah you know you're you're pretty lame. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I reckon even that issue on its own compared to the other uh, issues before this point I think it's interesting because it's a villain that has everyone else fight Daredevil. Like, Daredevil's the only person he can't mind control. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's it's a cool gimmick for the time, you know, to have uh, Daredevil not really be able to fight back because it's all these crowds and stuff, and I think it's an interesting problem for him to try and solve. Is like, well, this guy can literally get anyone but me to do what he wants. Yeah. So, you know, how are we going to keep him in jail? But um, yeah. anyway, yeah, the Matador is like... Because rereading this, uh, for some reason I thought the Matador had like superhuman agility or something, but he doesn't. He's just a Matador, and the fact that Daredevil actually loses to him, <laughs> and that's like the first time he actually loses to someone is really embarrassing. It's to that guy. Yeah, and He's the Matador, great. like I think the Masked Marauder is still my least favorite. Daredevil villain because yeah. I guess you guys will get up to it, but he got, he just stays around too long and he's really boring. But the Matador is like he's just like who they really just threw that idea at the wall or like you know like that. <laughs> I think, actually I came think up like one of idea. the writers had just been on holiday to Spain maybe and it's like, like, yeah, that'd be a cool uh, villain. Saw a bullfight and went, oh that'll do. <laughs> yeah, my um, when you get to that um, that episode, I have a lot of things to say about the Matador. Yeah, I was I was not yeah. happy with that issue. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm I sure you guys have, have a bit come of affection that. with him because I just think he's so. I don't know. I like how he's in the so bad it's good territory. Yeah, I think. Yeah, we've got an awesome, not really villain and antagonist this issue. Uh, yeah. So obviously we want to talk about him, but um, obviously this is Josie's bar. So what are you guys drinking this week? I am drinking 
a uh, Pepsi Max cherry, and it's very nice. Is it fizzy this time? It was flat it, last week. Yeah, it's fizzy this yeah. week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Connor, what are you drinking this week? Um, I really want to be drinking wild turkey, but no, I have to go to the gym, days. which I really don't want to do. So mm-hmm. for now, I'm just drinking uh, Woolworths brand Cola Sugar Zero, refreshing oh. bubbles of fun. <laughs> <laughs> Refreshing bubbles. 90 cents. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Nice. And Vicky, what are you drinking? Is uh, it some kind of tea? It is. It's tea. Yeah. 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 One one week you won't have tea. You'll have coffee, and we'll all be shocked. <laughs> I have never drunk coffee in my life. So <laughs> you'll be bouncing uh, off the walls. I yeah. It won't ever be coffee. Well, this week. Oh, I wanted to do a quick mention actually before we go into this. This uh, weekend is Save Daredevil Con um, because obviously it's it's uh, San Diego Comic Con as well. If you guys want to see lots of awesome content with um, people that worked on the Daredevil show on Netflix, uh, it apparently uh, it's all streaming this weekend. But by the time you hear this episode, um, it will be over. But you can still see it on the Save Daredevil um, YouTube channel. It's it's really good. So check it out, guys. Uh, but this issue, we are, or this episode, we are talking about issue number seven, in Mortal Kombat with the Submariner. This was Yay! released. <laughs> this was released April the tenth, nineteen sixty-five. Uh, the description of it is: Daredevil versus Namor, the Submariner. Can DD stop the might of the Monarch of the Seas? And this was written by the master of the spoken word, Stanley, drawn by the master of the printed picture, Wally Wood. And lettered by the monster, or the monster I've written? I think it was master. Lettered by the master of the blurred balloon. Oh, it's monster. Oh, it is monster. Oh, wow. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Lettered by the monster of the blurb balloon, Artie Simmons. Oh. New new, uh, letterer. Uh, So, yeah, this uh, this issue uh, is, uh, basically the comic tells us, it's an encounter destined to be hailed as one of the proudest accomplishments of this, the new age of Marvel Comics. And I have a, some words. A bold, a bold statement. Yeah. Well, this is one of Stanley's favourite issues. And I have... I uh, think... Daniel, uh, our listener, sent me uh, Stanley's words, uh, his own words about this issue, uh, which I will um, I will read at the end. They, they always hype up these issues with that bit at the start. Even the Matador issue was hyped up. But I think, <laughs> you know... I mean, I just... just I'm a huge Daredevil fan. I've read everything up mm-hmm. to, I think, halfway through Mark Way's run. Mm-hmm. Um, I got angry with Chucky Saul. That's another story. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I, and, I, like, I, oh, you too? Good. Yeah, yeah, Because yeah. <laughs> I loved the Mark Wade run, so the, yeah. the Charles Saul run after that was just a bit of a disappointment, and I much preferred his run on um, She-Hulk. I thought it was really and good. I, one of the things that, about Daredevil that's always stuck with me and endured with me, and there's many things about the characters that I absolutely love this character, um, is his relationships with the people around him. Mm-hmm. And they got rid of all that, which yeah, was like... Sense, yeah. But um, anyway, so like, if you give me the first 50 issues of Daredevil, and I think you asked which, what issue did I want to do, I'm like, well, if issue's one not available, this is the issue. Like, I mm-hmm. think this is like the second... This is a great issue, and I think it actually deserves that title. Um, you know, I think it is a pretty good accomplishment. Uh, so, yeah. I love it this is issue as well. Like, it's a, it is a really good yeah. issue. I mean, who doesn't love Namor anyway? Oh, he's great. And I, <laughs> I love, and um, and it, it's kind of echoed with, with what I'll, I'll read that Stanley said about this issue. Actually, I'll read it now, because we might as well. Read it now. Okay, read it now. Yeah, I'll read sure. it now. So this is thanks to Daniel, our listener. He sent me this, which um, Stanley was talking about the early issues. And about this issue, Stanley said, Incidentally, I just have to tell you that Immortal Battle with Submariner is one of my all-time favourite stories. The reason is, when two superheroes battle each other, the toughest task for any writer is to figure out how to have one um, combatant win without demoralising the other by having him lose. I mean, readers hate to see their favourite costumed character lose, no matter who he's fighting. Yet we can't have every battle between two heroes end in a tie. Well, I think you'll agree that Prince Namor has never been nobler and Daredevil never more heroic than in this truly monumental tale. And the battle's conclusion is, to me, the most satisfying ending of all. 
And I think I think I would agree because mm. I like the fact this is I feel like this is the first issue and that Daredevil is living up to the man without fear. Absolutely. Because not only with fighting Namor, we have that moment where he he's hanging from the plane. Um, <laughs> he likes hanging from planes and helicopters. <laughs> and he he times it so he knows there's a traffic light below him and he lets he go. Does. And I don't just the way it was written, it was that leaping into the unknown without fear. Um mm. kind of stood out to me. But also the fact that he's he's beaten by Namor. There is no way he can mi- beat Namor. There's no way. But yet he's still yeah. grabbing onto his ankle and trying to stop him at the end. And Namor knows that there's no way that Daredevil can beat him. And mm. I like the fact that Namor admires that in him and it's kind of sees that as almost him. Well, if this guy is representing the human race, then the human race can't be that bad. So even though he doesn't like say, I'll never be back and take control for that moment, he is like, I'm going to, you know, I'm, I'm basically going to surrender this cause and I'm going to go and take care of my own my own neighborhood, you know? I mean, Namor's like, he's an Avengers level threat. Yeah. Daredevil is yeah. so outclassed in every way. And this Daredevil my was beaten by the Matador, thing. as we said. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and my, my favorite thing about Daredevil is just one of the staples of the character is that he just doesn't give up. Yeah. Even when things are, like, really awful, which they're really awful a lot of the time. Like, he just has this iron sort of will that just never refuses to give in. Mm-hmm. And I think this is, like, the first issue, as you said, where he really shows that. And I think this is a really good example of, like... I mean, if someone ever asked me, why do you like Daredevil but not Batman, I would show them this issue. Because if this was Batman, he would have beaten up Namor and sent mm-hmm. him home in Paris. But, you know, I think they handled this really well. Well, no, I'd, I'd always, I'd always pick Daredevil anyway because yeah. you know, Batman, ugh. little rich boy. <laughs> like, I, I'm sorry, but if you're gonna go for you know sad orphaned billionaire, then you're gonna pick Tony Stark every time. Yeah. Well, he, I mean, you know, I would, he I would your pick heart, Vicky. That's uh, why. Uh, no, I'm just as lame. Sorry. Uh, no, Iron Fist I, is not lame. Oh. I have to rep my boy Iron Fist here. Um, <laughs> You know, if my mother was devoured by wolves in front of my eyes, I think I would be sad. Uh, but then, you know, I would definitely like, pick an Iron Fist or a Tony Stark over Batman personally for like well, an orphaned billionaire. Because I mean, Batman, our, our, I, I've always thought the most interesting thing with Batman is his his rogue gallery. I don't think yeah. as a character he's that interesting. He's and, not, and, and I, I find yeah. Marvel characters much more interesting generally um, because I. I, you know, I, I just find them more interesting. I just find, I think they're more psychologically interesting, personally. And uh, I and think I'm, Batman's villains are more psychologically interesting than he he is. I think, know. honestly, I guess because I've read a lot of both, I think it really just depends on the character. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, I will say with Batman, yeah, I find, even Batman's surrounding characters, I love Jim Gordon. I think he's really interesting. Mm. I think all the Robins are really interesting. But Batman himself is this really uncharismatic. Uh, I won't say. I don't know what words I can get away with saying on here. So. Yeah, it's all right. Don't, don't he's say a, whatever you want. It's fine. He's a whiny piss baby. He's a douche. <laughs> like he's just yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 And no, I'm, and I'm sorry, but no one is ever going to be um, as good as Clint Barton. So. <laughs> We've got a long baby. time until he shows up, Vicky. I'm sorry. I know, I know. It's all right. You know, but he will show up, so it's all good. My baby. So I have to say, this first this first page of this issue has um, has one of my toots, my mild toot, not my absolute toot, and that is I really like. I don't know who Lady Dormer is because I know very little about Namor, um, but I kind of like her outfit in this first page where she's got this pink and purple '60s outfit on with her red hair. I don't like the fact they're making her sit on these stairs. I was like, uh, where's yeah. his hair thrown? I'm assuming she's, you know, his um, his partner. Um, but I was like, why is she sitting on the steps no more? What's going on, dude? I, I very much enjoyed um, Krang's outfit as well. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 read, I, read, of... I read Krang and I just think of turtles, you know, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, so... Yeah, but that whole, like, the the cape thing, I mean, there was just so much going on in that first picture, like the fish helmets. Yes. 
Um, like, why is Namor wearing a fur cape? Thank you. <laughs> like, I don't. Where did you Where did you get that from? You know, like they're underwater. You live in the sea. Where is that from? From Craven. <laughs> yeah, like I just yeah, Krang's outfit, uh, like Dorman's outfit. That whole the whole and like riding sea turtles and all the rest. Oh, I was I, I wanna, was so here for that. I I want to arrive to work like this, just travelling yeah. like with two little sea turtles, like jet skis. Oh, yeah. so awesome! Yeah. Like all of the yeah. entrances in this this issue are great. No more. I he just, knows how to make an entrance. It's great. I was <laughs> howling with laughter because I like we all say that Matt is ridiculously extra. Oh yeah, yeah. But for like two pages, I was just like, well, we all know Namor's extra, but just the whole like, sm- you know, I don't understand this door, so I'm going to smash it. Yeah. Um, you know that the Prince of Atlantis waits for nothing, so I'm gonna rip open the doors of this elevator and then pull it towards me because I, you know, Namor doesn't queue, he doesn't wait. <laughs> and then, like, I don't know how door handles work, so I'm going to smash in the door to Nelson and Murdoch, and it's like, oh my god, and it's like, and I'm gonna sue the human race. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's just like I love him. Yeah, he's great. <laughs> I love him so much. He's like vendetta against the human race is so much more entertaining than the Matadors. Oh you know, the fact god. that the Matadors like, I hate the human race. I'm gonna, so I'm gonna break into burglar alarm factories. <laughs> <laughs> You know. Every time I see this dude, he's so angry. Yeah. He's just always angry. No matter what decade or anything, he just always seems like the exact same dude. No. Yeah. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm just saying, you know. I would uh, love them to bring him into, like, the MCU because I well, love that. Well, there is rumour that he will be at some point. Yeah, he uh, was rumoured for um, Black Panther 2 and it was going to be... The battle of two kings, it was going to be like two kings or something, so it's like T'Challa versus cool. Namor. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I don't know how that would work, but I just li- I like the fact that, and I haven't read any like Submariner um, stories on their own, I've only it's only when he appears in like Daredevil, really. But I love the fact that he's a total dick, I yeah. really like it, <laughs> and I because it's is. kind of what I was hoping for for more with Doctor Strange in the MCU, and they started mm-hmm. off in his film. That he was like this, this kind of Just dickish dick. character, but he kind of it sort of went by the time of like Endgame and Infinity War. But I just like the fact that you can have a character like this, and I do, I do like him, you know, in this. And I, I find, I love, yeah. and I agree with like with Stan Lee, who said he's he's he is a noble character, and you kind of get where he's coming from. But it's not even dick. so much. It's not even so much that he's a dick. It's just that like he's royalty, mm-hmm. so he expects a certain level of um, respect and a mm-hmm. certain level of uh, uh, submission, almost. Mm-hmm. So it's not even like he's being a dick. He's just he's being a royal, and he doesn't <laughs> understand. Like he doesn't understand why, because obviously, like where he comes from, like he's, you know, the king kind of thing yeah. so you know he rules over everyone but up on up on like the surface everyone's like who the fuck are you yeah with your with your tiny scaly fish pants well they're all um, terrified of him yeah. <laughs> yeah so it's kind of like you know he's it's not i mean he is a dick but it's not uh, a lot of that is is the kind of you know the white male royal privilege shall we say um just kind of he expects to be treated like royalty mm-hmm. and he's well, not so he gets he gets pissy. I would choose the term aqua male, but yeah. <laughs> Can I just say I really love his throne. I think yeah. it's, I really love the designs of. Uh, I'm sure they're actual creatures, but those creatures that are like the armrests. I don't know. Yeah, I think it's, it's like really they're cool. like fish, like fish. That, they're almost like the same kind of fish heads that the gods are wearing. Yeah. Kind of reminds me of like Dagon design, that famous picture. Mm. Yeah. It's really cool. And I like I like the whole. It's so it's so different to anything we've seen in the Daredevil issues so far. Yeah. And like him as a villain, I really you know quote unquote villain. I really I really like it. Um, doesn't someone someone in the courtroom later on says that like how does you know how does he manage to make everything he sits on look like a throne? Oh no, that's when he's in the uh, Matt says that when he's in the court. 
And, yeah. and Namor, and that might be my, my boot, because Namor is sitting with his little scaly fish pants, which I'm fine with. But then he's got like just a sad sack trench coat over the top. And someone, I, like, mm. I, I put like someone, someone gave him the pervert coat. Yeah, it's just, like, it's <laughs> just kind of like draped over his shoulders, kind of go. like cover, cover yourself up, love, cover yourself yeah. up. And then Matt <laughs> says that you know how is it that he makes every 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 thing he sits on like seem noble or regal or something like that? Because um, he's royalty, bitch. I like the fact that every time Namor enters a room he enters basically like the kool-aid man and he just yeah. like smashes <laughs> through the wall <laughs> he yeets himself through the wall and it's great <laughs> even when he leaves the yeah. office he just like crashes through the wall and starts and i just i love how you point out before like he just does he not know how to use a doorknob he just <laughs> yeah. maybe they don't have doorknobs in atlantis do they have all doors? right I don't know. I mean, he's been up here before, though, yeah, fighting the Fantastic He was in like, World War Two. Yeah, he's fought, like, like, I mean, he says he's fought the Avengers, oh, he's fought Fantastic Four, but... He's, he's just that extra. Yeah, he just wants to make an entrance. Well, yeah. he says a quote that I love, which I want to use, um, you know, the next time I'm getting impatient with someone, uh, I, where he says, Speak! Time is as precious to Prince Namor as the golden shells of the fabled Reef of Jewels. I'm going to use that line. <laughs> that's yeah, that's pretty cool. It's pretty amazing. That was, I, I, yeah, that was uh, it was a good line. Um, obviously, my my toot. I mean, we'll go through them more uh, later in the episode. Um, but my toot is the red costume in uh, this issue. The first so appearance of the red So costume. yeah, so Daredevil. He talks about how he's been working on this costume for months to make it more comfortable and distinctive i just oh man i love this costume so much it's so classic it has barely changed like the classic red it's barely changed in you know over the years they always go back to this very simplistic look i always think it looks kind of strange in three dimensions so in the movies and i think if like they did just pure red in the tv series it would have looked strange so I'm glad mm. they broke it up with black. I think it kind of looked a little bit weird in the movie. Um, and then when you see Daredevil <laughs> statues, uh, I love the movie, Vicky. You know what I, I know. Try that. Me and I know. Connor, we're we're not having. Yeah. It. Um, I'm just gonna say the movie costume, as impractical as it is, I think yeah. is better than the Netflix uh, costume that he gets. It's closer to the comics for sure, um, which I like. But it's it's leather, which is. Well, that, that's the downside. I, I was, yeah, I always used to think of how much it would stink when he took it off at the end of the night. Can I just... <laughs> can I defend the yellow and brown costume, though? Yeah, go for it. Because, look, okay, obviously it's like a... He kind of looks like a bumblebee, and it's, you know... <laughs> by modern standards, it's yeah. not aesthetic. But considering the first issue of Daredevil... It was like a Golden Age comic. It was like it was a story from the 40s. You know, I had, like, the racketeering, uh, like, the pulp sort of mm-hmm. stuff, and the very low-scale crime. And I think, like, I could see that outfit being like a Golden Age outfit, and I really think it works for that. Obviously, after the first issue, they take Daredevil completely away from his pulp roots and have him fight supervillains for some reason. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I think it had its place. And uh, But, yeah, the red, the red costume is awesome. And uh, another reason this issue's a milestone, I guess, is the first appearance of it. So. Of the costume. And we yes. also get the first time Daredevil uses his cane, and he has the cable. He's like, oh, I invented this cane cable. So on our, our segment Cane Watch, um, <laughs> he has this cable that he's going to use, because before he's sort of swung from various things, but he's actually going to use it to swing through the city. Um, yeah. like Spider-Man, which is much more like, you know, a classic Daredevil thing as well, and it's the first appearance of that. So there's a lot of big things that happen in this issue. Mm. Don't, don't forget the instant smoke screen as well. Yes, so we're talking about all the things that, that Matt has built into this cane. Um, so now it also, so we have like, you know, we have a plastic sheet, uh, we have a tape recorder, we have that it's non-conductive, that it can cut leather, um, uh, oh, the, the lockpick. It has a lockpick in it, and now it yeah. also has a smoke screen. So and a, and a cane cable. And a cane cable. Yeah, this yeah. is this is Tardis technology. This is this. Cable. Yeah, <laughs> it has so much inside it. It's great. 
Um, well, I think... Um, I think, like, I don't know if you guys... Because I said I haven't listened to the last episode yet, but I don't know if you guys talked about uh, Wally Wood coming we on. Did, we did we did a little bit about him coming on, but I didn't talk that much about him. I don't know that much really about him, so feel free to... to well, I feel like... Because they mentioned he was responsible for a lot of the changes to his outfit, so mm-hmm. I'd be surprised if he was responsible for the red. I'm not sure, Yeah. but it feels like when... You know, while he's been on for two issues, and we've seen the costume evolve each mm-hmm. time, and I just, I also want to say, I really like the way that Wally draws uh, Matt and Daredevil. Mm-hmm. I think it's like a really sort of old school vintage style, um, as as again, like more reminiscent reminiscent of Golden Age artwork. Yeah. Um, whereas, like, I think uh, the previous artist, I think, was John Ostrander. He did a really good job as well, but I think. Um, just the way his physique and motion of the character are done. Like, mm-hmm. he's, you know, a bit slimmer, more athletic, less bulky. Less um, chunky. And I yeah, don't think Daredevil should ever be bulky. I I, I, yeah. I don't like... There's certain runs... There was, like, Daredevil Father they did, which was a, a short run. And in that, he's Ugh. so big and bulky. He's like... He looks like... Um, I don't know, he looks like Wolverine or something. And it's like, no, he shouldn't be. He's, yeah. you know, he yeah, he's a bruiser because he's a boxer and he's a street fighter, but he's also acrobatic. Yeah, um, he's, he's not He's not Steve. No, he's not, ca- <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's not a human tank. Um, he's not on the juice. No. Yeah, <laughs> it's just, I, I don't like it when they draw draw him really bulky. I think he should be quite, he shouldn't be like Spider-Man slender. But he should be mm. relatively slender because he is acrobatic. Um, yeah. yeah. So I, I agree. I really love the way Wollywood draws draws him. Uh, we we sort of said, didn't we, Vicky, that yeah. you can see when Wollywood comes on, there's uh, in, like an instant, in our opinion, improvement in the uh, the artwork. Um, yeah. I yeah I I love it. And just I think he does uh, again. Not not uh, disparaging. Uh, John Ostrander, because as I said, he did a good job. But I think you know, Wally just he just motion and acrobatics a lot better. And I think obviously, when Gene Colan comes on, I'm not mm-hmm. sure how far away that is, but he sort of takes that and perfects it, I guess. Yeah, yeah. a lot of um, people I asked on the Facebook group what our listeners are most excited about Vicky, um, kind of experiencing for the first time in Daredevil, <laughs> and um, one of the things people said was uh, Gene Colan's artwork. Gene the Dean. Gene the Dean. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty. Yeah. It's. Uh, yeah. I'm really excited for that. Um, I. I think I prefer. I might prefer Wally's, but you know, Gene has his place, and Dada wouldn't be visually where he is without Gene, obviously. Yeah, so. Yeah. I just think like I love the fact that we just get the classic Matt in red, you know, swinging on the, you know, on the the cane in this issue. Yeah. It's just. I, I just love, like I said, I don't think it, I, I don't think the costume always works in three dimensions, um, but in two dimensions, I just think it's such a, it's really iconic and, class, uh, and classic look. I love it. It's just great. up, up mm. against the backdrop of Hell's Kitchen. It's yeah. like, it's really, um, it stands out really, really well. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I loved the plunging neckline. I know the, you did uh, the previous of the previous costume, but I was really happy to see the red costume in this yeah. in this issue. Funnily enough, uh, one I'm just looking because I'm on the Epic Collection is how I'm doing it, and Wally Wood got rid of the neckline as well. Mm-hmm. I was sad. And he really improved that costume. Um, <laughs> I was yeah. sad. I was like, oh no, the plunging Phoenix gone. <laughs> I think uh, I think it was Daniel saying to me that there was apparently a lot of. Um, a controversy when with the Daredevil Netflix show came out. Um, I think it was I think it was Daniel told me this, um, and I wasn't aware of this. But there was um, people that were very upset that Wally Wood didn't get credited for the Daredevil costume um, on the show. So I don't know if it was I, I don't know who then was credited. I don't know if it was like you know Bill Everett or you know like the earlier people. I I don't know. I'd have to look into it. But he was saying that there was a lot of um, Wallywood fans that were very upset. So hopefully, Daniel, if you're listening, you can expand more upon that when you're when you're guesting in a, in a few weeks' time. Um, because people, I think, are, like you were saying, Connor, are really like you know, it, it's Wallywood that that created what you think of as the classic Daredevil costume. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, he often gets kind of looked over. And even, like, Bill Everett's credited a lot for the first issue, but at the time, I believe he was, like, really alcoholic. Um, yeah, he had some... And they had to get a bunch of people with. Like, yeah. I think Jack Kirby did the cover, or a lot of it. I can't remember, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's, I think um, well, I think as well, we spoke a little bit about Vince Coletta, who was the inker for the mm-hmm. last few issues and uh, before um, yeah, before Wally Wood came on board. And he was, you know, he was he was hired because he was quick and he was cheap, you know, and he he ah. did he worked very quickly. He did, um, you know, maybe not include so much of the detail that the artist would include in the images. But a lot of people like really don't like him as an inker because they feel that he doesn't honour the the work, uh, you know, the the actual mm. artwork. He misses out detail. But he was hired because he was he was quick and he always hit deadlines. And so I'm kind of like, well, if they didn't get him in those early issues, then maybe Daredevil wouldn't have lasted. If they were constantly mm. not hitting deadlines and getting work out quickly, then maybe it wouldn't have lasted. So I think, you know, um, I think that a lot of credit has to go to him as well. Yeah. I, I mean, I think the artwork in the first issue of Daredevil was pretty good. Like, if you yeah. didn't know about... If you didn't know prior about the hodgepodge of artists that was happening, like, mm-hmm. I don't think you'd notice at all Yeah, that yeah. there was a bunch of different people. Um, also, yeah. fun fact, Bill Everett credited Namor as well. Oh, I didn't know so, that. Oh, nice. Yeah. That's Back in 1940 or something like that. Can't yeah. Yeah. I know very little about like the character of Namor. Like I have to admit, I know more about Aquaman, but that's just because I've seen the Aquaman movie. <laughs> um, but I kind of like Namor's look more because I love the fact that he, like, I mean, we could talk about it. I love the fact that Namor has little wings on his ankles, like her, yeah. you know, like Hermes, <laughs> the Greek god, because it makes no sense. Because I'm like, but like, yeah. how like, can what? you fly using these tiny, tiny little wings? <laughs> But also, he's king of Atlantis, so I don't really understand yeah. why he can fly anyway. But he sort of says and, at one point, yeah. I'm as comfortable in the water as I am in the air. And you're like, why? I'm well, like, why? why? But yeah, I, the I, flag's a bit weird, isn't it? It is. Yeah. It? it is a bit strange. It's kind of, of strange. Course. I mean, I can kind of see, like, the um, the little foot wings working underwater to, like, help propel yeah. him along, maybe. Yeah. But... You know, he's he's an absolute unit. Like, how are you going to use those tiny little things to fly? Yeah. I mean, I like, guess, I don't know, different biology. <laughs> I, I mean, he's got, it's, he's got it's, like bird bird bones and they're hollow. So he's he's very, very like susceptible to, to broken bones, but he's very light. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of like Hermes and stuff, kind of late. I did like little Samson reference. When was the little Samson reference? You know, you know, there's like that famous picture of Samson tearing down uh, the temple. Oh, yes. the when, yeah, yeah. when he's like, I'm going to make them listen to me. Yeah, and it has like a little massage. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and he's in the middle, toppling the pillars. Um, yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. He does another uh, insult at one point that I was like, oh, I'm going to use that at some point in my life. I'm just going to like start <laughs> spouting Namor lines. Um, <laughs> was it the insolent clod? Uh, it was not the insolent clod. I can't oh, find I it. I will, I I will tell that. you when I find it. Um, okay. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, so I found the name or quote that I'm going to use. Uh, so when next time I have a customer in my store who's complaining about wearing a mask, I'm going to say to them, away, you are no more to me than the mackerel is to the shark. oh i love it love it love it i love that the um army people they've just seen namor like destroy like new york and they're like oh let's put these handcuffs on him Uh, yeah and and namor's like you what mate you what (laughs) (laughs) let me show you what i do with those yeah it's so great um so he he obviously escapes he's had this one fight with matt by this point um, and was kind of impressed with with um, with Matt, or with, impressed with Daredevil, I should say. And when um, Matt and Foggy and Karen are talking about Namor, I like the fact that Karen and Matt have completely different um, uh, opinions of him. Yeah. Um, mm. I really like that because to Matt he was seemed very noble, and to Karen he just seemed arrogant. And I like 
the fact that um, you get these two points of view. Because, like Karen says, Namor is arrogant, merciless, and supremely confident of his power. And yes, he is. But Matt says he's a man of great honour, intense pride, and innate nobility. And yes, he is that as well. Um, yeah. I, think it's, I think it's kind of well done. Um, so this all kind of it goes towards Namor and, and, and Daredevil's kind of final confrontation um, at, towards the end of the issue. And this is where he uses like the smoke screen and the, the cane cable and everything. He also, uh, Matt refers to Namor as subby. A lot. And I, it's like, you oh, don't like bro, this. This no. is taking a turn. <laughs> yeah. Um, my panel of the week uh, has to be um, Matt coming in like a wrecking ball. I, I've written that in castle. <laughs> <laughs> I laughed so hard. And then I yeah. say wrecking ball, obviously. Yeah. And he comes in riding this wrecking ball and hits Namor in the chest. And I loved it. I loved yeah. it. It was great. And then right after that, he shouts bullseye, which I loved as well. Yeah, it's like ironic. You know? Yeah, it's yeah. great. It's, um, um, one thing I will say about this issue, and I don't know if anyone else notices, noticed it, but Matt refers to himself, like, maybe not making it quite a lot yeah he does yeah like yeah. at least three or four times he's kind of like one uh, at one point he says like you know too bad for poor foggy yeah like he'll ha- he'll have to you know um take on the the practice on his own and then he keeps he like he keeps saying it and it's kind of like that's like a bit of a turn to the yeah to, to the daredevil in the last six issues it, it's kind of like that that's that whole man without fear again thing in that he is obviously very very brave as a character but he with that he can be completely reckless yeah it was just life and it's just really it it stood out to me because Mm. he hasn't been like that yeah the last few issues and it just kind of like oh okay he's also aware of the threat he's going up against Mm -hmm. like namor is so far above and beyond like the matador um so he knows that like, he doesn't even know how to fight Namor. He says that, like, a few yeah. times. So he knows he's going to get his clock, uh, yeah, clock cleaned on. So, yeah. Um. <clears throat> and he even, like, electrocutes. He tries everything. Like, he hits yeah. him. He comes yeah. in, you know, he came in like a wrecking ball. And then he also uh, electrocutes him with this um, lamppost. And, like, it, it barely phases Namor, but it, like, completely wipes Daredevil out. And, and Namor is really impressed um, and shocked that Daredevil just seems to have no fear for his life. Um, and this is when we get this great quote that, you know, Namor says that Daredevil is more courageous than the Fantastic Four and the Avengers, and he admires him. And then out of respect, um, he leaves uh, He leaves the humans alone, and he heads back to the sea to defeat Krang. Uh, but he's like, oh, I'll be back one day. And you're like, oh, what, yeah. I, what I did really love was the, um, as, like, Namor's walking away, like, there's two panels where, the, like, the first one, Daredevil's kind of, like, reaching a hand up from the floor mm-hmm. going, no, wait, stop. And then the next one, he's just face down on the floor. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, fuck my life. <laughs> yeah, he's just like, oh, man. <laughs> uh, I, I enjoyed that. It's great. Shit. I never saw Krang's heel turn coming. No, He didn't never. look evil at all. No, no, I thought he was totally... He had the mustache. <laughs> like, you know, even with his, like, fabulous cape and everything, it's like, oh, he can't possibly be evil. I mean, he's dressed like Satan, almost. <laughs> <laughs> Just in, in purple. <laughs> yeah, aqua Satan. Um, um, can we can we shout out the torded love triangle? Oh, between, oh at, what, at, at the which end. one? Do you mean Krang, Lady Dormer and Namor, or Karen, <laughs> no. Matt and Foggy? <laughs> Karen, Matt and Foggy at the end, with Karen with her, oh no, I fell over. Yeah, into Matt's <laughs> arms, yeah. I mean, this uh, this issue, I was like, oh, do we not get any thirsty, thirsty Karen and Matt That's in this issue? Thing. Like, do we not get uh. any of that? And then it's right at the very end, <laughs> yeah. we do. Um... Yeah, Karen trips her. I mean, I, I like the fact that this is, again, it's one of these things that just seems to, to, it's such a classic Daredevil thing, but this is the first appearance of it, which is, is Karen and Foggy being like, oh, Matt, you're hurt. Oh, what happened? Did you trip yeah. over something? You poor blind man. You know, <laughs> I fell down some steps. Yeah, exactly. It's like the first time we've seen that. 
and then, and, then, um, and then Karen being all like, "Oh my god, what if what if Matt's lying about being blind?" Yeah, what a weird <laughs> thing to jump to, Karen. Like, yeah, I'm really glad. Uh, I know it was last issue, but I'm glad that Karen like acknowledged Foggy and cared yes. about him because yes. she just seemed way too dismissive of him beforehand. Yeah, and like I gotta say, I'm like I'm rooting for Foggy here because he's just the underdog in this love triangle, you yeah. know, and I just feel yeah. bad for him, and I want him to, you know, get the get, girl. Get um, the hot chick. And Foggy, Whether he does, Foggy's I guess like, you guys will see. But. Yeah, and, and he's like, Foggy's completely badass as well. Like, he, you know, he he fought last week. He went he up showed against... up at the Wax Museum yeah. by himself. And then he, like... He also seems to do all the work. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I think that's why <laughs> in this issue where they're like, oh... Namor wants uh, us to represent him, and Foggy's like, yeah, you can do uh, yeah, this one, Matt. You, yeah, this one's yours, Matt. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, don't like, I don't like Karen say, blaming herself and saying that she's acting like a child for wishing that Matt could see. I'm like, oh, Karen, come on. Um, uh, and it's funny, when I asked everyone what, what um, they're most looking forward to Vicky experiencing, Elizabeth, our previous uh, guest, had said that she's uh, looking forward to you experiencing Karen's story, Vicky. And I said, oh. oh, yeah. I was like, Karen does get better. And then Elizabeth replied with, yeah, and she gets worse. I was like, yeah. I, I mean, I, I'm not going to lie. Like, I, in the in the TV shows, like, I love Deborah Wall. Like, oh, she's I amazing. I love her so much. I fucking hate Karen Page. Yeah. Like, Karen really ruined Season uh, three for me. I haven't yeah. been able to rewatch season three because of Karen. And I, I, I like Deborah, but like yeah. Karen, just the way they wrote her and they shoved her in hand-fisted. Oh, anyway. I just, I, I, <laughs> I just like, especially in the show, it's like they basically try to like mate her off with every male character mm. that walks like that Except came in a and yeah, <laughs> and I'm like, you know, she's such Deborah is such a great actress. Like I love her. Yeah. But she was so wasted in that role. Like, they wasted that role so much. And All the good characters died because of her. Yeah. I, I, just... Yeah. I just finished and... rewatching season three, and, like, that scene, like, where, where like, Deb, De- it's Deb and um, Vincent D'Onofrio, and it's the confrontation between Karen and Fisk. And it is absolutely incredible. And she goes toe to toe with Vincent D'Onofrio as an actress. She's absolutely amazing and i really really hope she gets like a, you know a lead role or a show of her own or something because i know she has mm-hmm. she's spoken about struggling to get cast and stuff and i i honestly think she's she's a fantastic actress but i'm with you she's vicky probably, i have so yeah. many issues with the character but you know we can totally separate the actress and the character yeah, she's, oh, totally. yeah, she's yeah. a phenomenal actor. I mean, I, she'll always, you know, she'll always have a special place in my heart as Jessica from True Blood. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, but she I was just, really good at playing, like, an insufferable, you know, person just, that got everyone else killed. Yeah. <laughs> I just, Sorry. like, that is... And it makes me so sad that she, you know, ended up playing a character that quite a lot of people... We're mm-hmm. just like, ugh. And I, I wouldn't have had an issue with them in the third season of the show having an entire episode dedicated to her backstory if we did not get very, compared to the other series, we got very little Matt in that last season. I just rewatched it. Mm-hmm. And there is not a lot of Matt in that season. There's a lot of time dedicated to, to Fisk and to uh, Dex and to um, and to Karen and to Foggy's side story about you know running for DA and I just am like I wish it seems it's the final season I wish that there I, I wouldn't have minded that that backstory of Karen but it, I felt like it took it was one of many things that took screen time away from the character of Matt who is mm. after all the lead character I like a lot of the side characters I love them but. I really wanted to explore him psychologically in that last season because he, he starts the season so broken. And I feel like they they should have given a bit more time to him. But De- um, Deb did play that, that episode absolutely incredibly, the backstory mm-hmm. of Karen. I just don't I just don't feel like it was needed. Yeah. You know? 
It wasn't needed, do you know, right? Because yeah. we already kind of got all we needed to know. And, I yeah. mean, to do a competition, how do you think I felt about Eyed for Season 2? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. That was a nightmare. The first four episodes, I was like, hell yeah. And then it was just a roller coaster of despair for, like, yeah. the last four. So. so, any other points you guys want to add on this issue um, before we go into our, our tooting and our booting? I um, have made all of mine, I think. Oh, cool. Well, in that case... I mean... Oh, go on. Go on, Connor. Oh, sorry, no, just the stuff we said at the start, really, about, you know, why this is, like, an iconic issue for Daredevil and his character. Um, I guess my favourite panel... Are we doing... Yeah, we can go into panels. Yeah, we'll do panels before our our, uh, boot and toot, then. So what was your favourite panel? Uh, Namor riding the turtles. Oh, yeah, it's so great. It's so great. (laughs) What an entrance. I want to cosplay yeah. that, and I want to have like be standing on two little turtles or on wheels, and then you just pull <laughs> yes. me around Comic Con and on a string, Vicky. Okay. In fact, any any Namor entering a place and just breaking <laughs> stuff, or exiting a place and breaking stuff, and on the serious note, uh, Daredevil crawling after Namor yeah. right at the end, I think, it's, as well. Yeah, it's a great panel. Um, I, I mean, my my mild one is first appearance of the red costume, um, but my, oh, yeah. my my panel is is Daredevil riding in Miley Cyrus style on the wrecking ball because <laughs> I I just it just made me laugh really hard. So okay, that's going to be my panel of the week. What about you, Vicky? Um, well, uh, so, uh, along with the the wrecking ball uh, panel, I it's got to be that entire page of Namor just smashing stuff. He's like, oh, I mm. don't understand this rotating door. I'm just going to smash it. <laughs> pay for it later. Like, I am not going to wait for this elevator. So I'm just going to pull on the cord. And and <laughs> it's like he's so extra. I love him so much. That I, that entire page, I think, is my panel, like my page of the week. Nice, just because he was exquisite. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, Ooh. let's talk about our boots and suits then. Oh, sorry, go on, go on Connor. Ah, uh, I just saw one panel that I really liked. Mm-hmm. Sorry, it's just Namor emerging from the ocean. And oh yeah, with his <laughs> Yeah, so dramatic. Yeah, yeah, that's that's really great. I like that one as well. Um, <clears throat> so booting and tooting this week. I am going to boot uh, whoever decided to give that trench coat to Namor in the courtroom. <laughs> the pervert coat. Yeah, I just didn't like it. I was like, it takes away from the awesomeness of his outfit. Um, and I'm going to toot the red costume, of course. No surprises there. Of course. Yeah. Uh, of Vicky, course. what about you? Um, I, I think I'm also going to boot the pervert coat. <laughs> because it, yeah it just looks ridiculous and i think you know what i'm gonna toot and that is the tiny green scaly fish pants you do like tiny pants <laughs> i love his tiny pants yeah you like and, and i also i did also enjoy krang's get up yes um yeah it's kind cool. of like pink and purple kind of like another kind of skeletal look almost um Oh, yeah, I enjoyed that. But, yeah, the tiny pants every nice. time. Every time. What about you, yeah. Connor? Um, so I'm going to – my boot is definitely the fur coat that <laughs> Namor has, that outfit. Yeah. As much as I love yeah. him sitting on the throne, like, that just – I'm, like, down to water. It's weird. It disturbed um, me a great deal. Like, that whole, like, a, where did you get that? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, this – I don't want to out myself as not being familiar with um, – aqua life marine biology <laughs> but like is there anything with fur that like swims deep in the ocean like i know the seals with fur and stuff but that maybe he like swam to the surface and like killed a polar bear or something <laughs> I don't know. that sounds like something you might do it, it is yeah. to be honest yeah like i need to look more regal sitting on my throne <laughs> yeah and, i haven't um, got any I'm ermine a... so i'm gonna wear polar bear yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i have two toots Okay. First two uh, doesn't go to a person; it goes to the throne. It's a very stylish <laughs> <Nice>. throne. <laughs> nice. Yeah, it is really nice. And the the second two, to no one's surprise, is going to be the red costume. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's so good. Awesome. Okay. Uh, so we did actually get some feedback this week from Daniel. Um, so thank you, Daniel. He, uh, I'll, I'll go through his comments um, quite 
quite quickly and we can uh, I'll summarize it. So he said that he loved the art in this issue and he thinks it's the best that Wollywood has done yet. Um, and he loves Namor in this issue. Beyond the silliness of it, they do show multiple sides to his characterization here, which was nice. Uh, Karen describes him as merciless, arrogant and confident, but Matt calls him honorable, prideful and noble. They pose to the reader, which he is, and he is all of them. Just like any good person, Namor has layers and both positive and negative attributes, and all are on display here. His breaking everything on his way to the office was hilarious. <laughs> there are some Silver Age contrivances like Namor just happening to pick Matt's place at random. The Owl did the same thing too. You do have to get past some of these Silver Age plot devices and take them as they are, such as no court case happens that fast. Yeah. Well, it does in uh, it does in Daredevil season two, where they're like, we're putting the Punisher on trial for multiple murders tomorrow. It's like, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, and then he said it was a fun way though to get Matt to interact with Namor, and I think the way Namor reacted to it was pretty on point. But wouldn't Matt have been better off directing him to the United Nations? <laughs> the fight was epic. I love how they didn't try to overpower Matt to make it seem like he was on Namor's level. He was a clear underdog in all of it, which is when Daredevil is at his best. And like Stanley said, both characters are written with dignity and grace here. Both walked away showing their great qualities. The military all stopping to listen to Daredevil was a little much, but I guess his recent fight um, has uh, given him a lot of street cred. And of course, the issue ends with Matt and Karen pining for each other. So ready for something with a little more depth there. But all in all was a great issue with fantastic art, action and characterization. You just have to overlook some Silver Age wacky plotting. Thanks, Daniel. Yeah. yeah thanks, um, Daniel. Speaking of Silver Age mm-hmm. uh, logic, like I love how Daredevil's like, oh, i got to go and talk this guy down. And the way I can calm this guy down is just by <laughs> getting him angry, by doing a bunch of stuff that I know is not going to hurt him anyway. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that, that was a bit... Um, yeah, I don't really know what his plan was. I think at one point he was like, oh, I don't really have a plan. And it was like, yeah, I don't yeah. really know what your I'm plan is. I'm just going to throw wrecking balls at him. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, awesome. Well, I need to tell you now, Vicky, uh, I mean, Connor knows, but what uh, next week's issue is, and then you can predict what's going to happen. Oh, okay. I'm quite Here excited about next week. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay, next week is issue number eight, and it is called The Stilt Man Cometh. <gasps> oh my god like okay so he's he's on stilts right like i'm gonna i'm just gonna go out on a limb and say he's like he's kind of like you know like slender man he's like slender man yeah, yeah he's yeah. like slender man just like really tall and and his superpower is that he can poke people with wooden sticks okay yeah i mean it's my i won't i won't confirm or deny how close you are Okay. Me and Connor are like totally winking at each other right now. <laughs> uh, I'm just thinking of the Matador, to be honest. Like, <laughs> I yeah. see why. Because this is what happens like every week. Uh, Claire describes the next issue, and I have to guess. So I think didn't I say for the Matador that it was like a half man, half bull? You did, and then I said and no. I that's was... that's when uh, Man Bull shows up much later. <laughs> and I was sorely disappointed. Yeah. To, to, yeah, he was just a matter. He was just a matter. Yeah, was... <laughs> I mean, Stiltman yeah. is a is a character that is joked a lot about in uh, the Daredevil fandom as a villain. Um, there was like a very small sort of cameo of the Stiltman in Daredevil season one on Netflix, um, and that's all I'll say. And we'll talk more about it next week. And we will be joined mm-hmm. by Rebecca next week. Yay! Yes. Um, uh, Connor, do you want to mention your podcast again? Uh, yeah, uh, sure. So I run an Iron Fist podcast, Sons of the Dragon, the Immortal Iron Fist podcast. Uh, you'll find us on Google, Facebook, Twitter, at Iron Fist Podcast. So Rebecca's on there too, Maybe. who will be joining you guys next week. Um, and I also do Last Sons of Krypton, a Superman podcast, which is at LSK Podcast on Twitter. And that's lots of fun as well. Even if you're new to DC and Superman, I recommend it because it's you know made with all sort of newcomers and old bets in mind so yeah um cool thanks thanks very much for having me on here thank you so much for coming on honestly it was it was awesome having you on it was really interesting to chat with you as well because you're very knowledgeable about the character and and i learned new things as well which is always good 
<laughs> so it's now time at the bar. I'm guessing we are going to, we all love this issue and we are going to be adding it to our uh, our vault out the back of Josie's bar and not throwing it through the window. We are. Okay, so we're going to add mm. it to the vault. Uh, yeah, yes. no throwing it through the window this week. Nope. And we will be back next episode. Bye. Thanks for listening. If you want to send us feedback, you can contact us via Josie's Bar at reactionary-sass.com, on facebook.com at Josie's Bar Podcast, at Instagram or Twitter at Josie's Bar, or on Tumblr at josiesbarpodcast.tumblr.com. You can also call the SAS line 321-710-4947. Our other podcasts and individual social media accounts can be found at reactionary-sass.com.